being in jail wasn't so bad. It was kind of like camp. You just can't leave, you know? <laughs> and I, I got to talk to everybody, and everyone was actually really nice, you know? And I talked to these two dudes, and they're in there, in there for, like, beating a woman. And the first dude I talked to, I was like, no, he was, a, he was a young black dude. He offered me a job, and anyone that offers me a job is innocent. So I was just like, yeah, you didn't do it. What was the job? Uh, he offered me a, a sales job. doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> you know? And then there's this other dude that was an older black guy, and he went to the phone and called the woman he said he didn't beat. And the first thing he says is, bitch, I'll kill you. <laughs> <laughs> that guy did it. <laughs> Hello. Hi, my name is Chris Adams. Um, welcome to the show. Thank you for watching. Uh, my, all my socials are at comic Chris Adams. if you'd like to find me and add me. Anyway, uh, today's topic is about... Going to see the greats. Now, I went this weekend and got to see Norm MacDonald perform, which I'm a huge Norm fan. I've watched so much of his work online. I love the YouTube channel I'm Not Norm, which, by the way, isn't Norm, but it's just a super fan that compiles some of his best material together. And it's so important as someone that works in the uh, artistic field, that's what I work in, but... I'm sure it's also important for other fields as well, but it's important to study the, the people that you admire and try to learn from them because they have something to teach you. Um, and before I got into stand-up, I would read about stand-up history. I would read about the people that came before, and I would watch their material and try to really understand the technique. Um, not their jokes, because it's very immoral to steal jokes. You shouldn't do it. I know there's some comics that do, but they always get found out, and they will always be called out. If they, especially if they come here to L.A. or New York, where people take it for real, like people will beat you up if you steal their joke in L.A. and New York. So don't do that. Just a warning to anyone that is new: it's not good to steal people's jokes. But coming up, I was inspired by a lot of different comics, and so I would uh, sort of sound like them, which. It wasn't any of their material. It was still my own, but I just didn't know how to perform. And so, um, for example, I know that one of the, my favorite writers, Hunter S. Thompson, would copy word for word uh, his favorite author because he wanted to figure out how to write properly or how to be great at writing. And I say try to avoid sounding like people because it definitely wasn't something that I I would look back on it now and just be embarrassed that I sounded like the comics that I was influenced by, but it did teach me how to become a better comic and it taught me confidence and it taught me little technique. And now that I edit comedy for a living, I learn so much from editing these other comics that are professionals that get paid all the time. I get to see the little subtle things that they do that I think an audience wouldn't pick up on, but I understand what's happening because that's my, my job is I have to like pick up on these things and I now add those little tricks uh not the, again i have to stress not the material just the technique uh, there's cadence there's uh why did someone pause why did someone look at that moment did that add to the joke there's so many subtle things that are very important to a comedy set that aren't even the words like you have to be the best at performing not just the words but the, uh, it's a basically communication. It's something that I learned and I was actually always good at, even in high school, because I, I took a speech and debate class because I was like, I love talking in front of people. Like, this is something that I enjoy. And so 
I learned early on that I had the ability to talk without fear in front of people. That's a lot of people's number one fear. But what I didn't have was the understanding of comedic timing and all these techniques. And that I, before I even did comedy, um, I would watch stand up religiously to try to figure out what is happening here. How are they doing this awesome thing? And it, again, I was going to take a comedy class and my brother was like, don't do that. That is not good. It's, it, it's a waste of money. You're not going to actually learn anything good. And all you're going to learn is how to sound like the comedy teacher. Now, I'm sure there are some good comedy classes, but I was in Orange County and there definitely weren't any good ones there. But, uh, you know, if I had been in LA, maybe I would have taken one if I had been in Los Angeles at the time coming up. But um, so instead I learned by doing and it was a frustrating process. But my brother said uh, he best advice he ever gave me was just do it for four years. And if you still are doing it after four years, you want to be there. You're going to probably suck for four years or even if you succeed, it's not going to it's not gonna, it's going to be embarrassing to you later when you look back and think, oh, wow, that was not at all what I wanted to talk about or, or how I wanted to sound or the story I wanted to tell or my point of view changes. And every year, actually, my point of view does change because I grow as a human being and I add that to, to my comedy. And so, you know, don't be afraid to, to, to take chances and, and definitely watch, if you're new at it, definitely watch people that you admire because you can learn so much uh, and then not from them telling you anything, but just from watching them perform live. I can't stress this enough. You got to watch people live because people on a camera on a little screen, it's funny, but it's not the same as seeing someone be able to work an audience. That That's just something that you can't even comprehend until you just see it in person. And always watch the masters at work because there's usually a reason why they're there. Uh, I remember when I opened for Ian Bag uh, many times at the Ice House. Um, I would have a good set or what I would think would be a good set, you know, uh, applause and and uh, uh, applause breaks and laughter the entire time. I'm like, wow, I did pretty well. And then you watch Ian go up and it's another level that I don't even know how to get to yet. You know, it's like that's a professional level that you're like, this is something or or Eddie Ift is the same way as a comic that I, I worked with and opened for several times. And uh, when you watch these these headliners, uh, I don't care what you think of them. There is a reason they are headliners for the most part. They figured out uh, the techniques and they put in the 20 plus years to get to that point. They have learned to work every type of crowd. They can work a good crowd. They can work a bad crowd. They can take a crowd from nothing and pull them into their their being and then make them happy for that hour, hour and a half uh, almost it looks like with ease, but they have been doing it so long that they just have these skill sets that you don't have. And that's why it's so important to watch the masters at work. I, I remember watching Chappelle at the improv and the other young comics were pissed that he bumped them. And I'm like, idiot, you're getting a lesson right now. Pay attention. You are going to learn something. It's not about you. It's about the art form. And that's what I've always cared about the art form. That's why I study the history of the art form, and that's why I study the masters today. And I think if you're in anything artistic, it's important to study uh, your contemporaries and the people that are near you so that you know what's going on and you know how to better your own work. Um, and with that message, I hope everybody has a wonderful day, and thank you for watching. Mm -hmm.